Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of February 25, 2024. The Kentucky Talking Book Library hosts a book club on the third Tuesday of each month. In January and February, participants have had great difficulty getting into the meeting. KTBL has announced that it will be hosting the book club on Zoom. The time will remain the same, 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. on the third Tuesday of the month. The new Zoom number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 831-2645-8722. The passcode, if you need it, is 261097. KCB is excited to announce that it is now possible to pay KCB and chapter dues online on the KCB website. Visit www.kentucky-acb.org. Choose Membership from the menu. Remember, to be a KCB member, you must live in Kentucky or within 25 miles of the Kentucky border or had ties to Kentucky in the past. Membership is open to individuals who are blind, visually impaired, or sighted. For membership questions, call the KCB office at 502-895-4598. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind invites everyone to its Wednesday afternoon social hour. Wednesdays, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern on its Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 763-689-4411. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites everyone to our first hybrid roundabout of March to be held this coming Friday, March 1 at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Begin gathering at 4.30 p.m. and enjoy dinner at 5 the program and discussion is from 6.30 to 8.30, both in person and on Zoom. Make return rides if you come to the in-person event between 8.45 and 9 p.m. Dinner is $6 per person. Let us know if you are coming to dinner and if you would like a carryout by calling us at 502-895-4598. The menu this week is chili, meat and meatless options, hot dogs, salad, and dessert. We've been talking about it for the past six weeks, and it's finally here. It's time for the D.C. Leadership Conference, happening on Zoom, on ACB Media, and in person in Alexandria, Virginia. Twenty KCB members are registered to participate in the conference. Patty Cox and Debbie Persons will travel to the conference, ACB staff member Natalie Couch will be helping to host on Zoom, and 17 other KCB members are registered to participate virtually. Even if you aren't registered for Zoom, you can listen on ACB Media. Tune in to Channel 6 for English and Channel 7 for the Spanish broadcast. 
The ACB board meeting is from 9 until 5 on Saturday, March 2, on ACB Media 6. The ACB Leadership Conference is on Sunday, March 3, and the Leadership Seminar is on Monday, March 4, both on Zoom and on ACB Media. Watch the KCB events list for schedule information. Visit www.acb.org or call us at 502-895-4598 for more information. As you probably know by now, we will be discussing four main legislative imperatives at this year's conference. Listen on page two for background information on the imperatives along with ACB's call to action for each one. You might want to keep this information handy even after the conference so that you can help us work on them throughout the year. On page 3 is an article about a new upgrade from ORCAM, and on page 4, we continue showcasing the different ways you can be part of ACB. Hear about ACB families, ACB lions, and Library Users of America. Page 2. Imperative 1. The Website and Software Applications Accessibility Act. Background. Access to websites, application, and on-site services impacts most aspects of everyday life, and the COVID-19 pandemic has made digital inclusion more important than ever. However, the Department of Justice has not finalized enforcement standards that clearly state websites, applications, and online services must be accessible to people who are blind, low vision, and deafblind. As a result, people who are blind, low vision, and deafblind face countless barriers when accessing workplace portals, educational platforms, health care and public health information, transportation services, shopping, and entertainment over the Internet. There is a need for clear guidance to the Department of Justice to finalize and implement enforceable online information access standards. These standards must include a strong functional definition of accessibility and should not require any person to exhaust administrative processes or notify website and application owners and operators that their online services are violating the rights of people with disabilities. On September 28, 2023, Senator Tammy Duckworth, Democrat from Illinois, introduced the Websites and Software Applications Accessibility Act, S-2984, in the Senate. Representative John Serbanes, S-A-R-B-A-N-E-S, Democrat of Maryland, and Representative Pete Sessions, Republican of Texas, introduced a House Companion Bill, H.R. 5813. This bill would establish clear and enforceable accessibility standards for websites and software applications. 
The bill uses a functional definition of accessibility, ensuring that any regulations created after this bill is passed and signed into law remain evergreen and up-to-date with new and emerging technology. The websites and software application Accessibility Act would clarify that it is unlawful for the entities currently covered by the ADA to maintain inaccessible websites and applications that exclude or otherwise discriminate against people with disabilities. It would establish a clear enforceable accessibility standard and establish a technical assistance center and advisory committee to provide advice and guidance on accessible websites and applications. It would also authorize a study on addressing emerging technologies. The bill is bipartisan in the House of Representatives. Call to Action ACB calls on Congress to support and pass the Website and Software Applications Accessibility Act in the 118th Congress, in both the House of Representatives and in the Senate. When speaking with your member of Congress, either in person or virtually, be sure to describe your experiences using inaccessible websites and applications in your daily life and what having access to fully accessible websites and applications would mean for you. Imperative number two, Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act Legislative Imperative Background The 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, CVAA, guaranteed access for people with disabilities to advanced communication services, telecommunications hardware and software, accessible video displays, and user interfaces and digital apparatuses, and required the delivery of audio-described content. For more than 10 years, ACB and its members have worked to implement and enforce the CVAA, and in several key aspects, we have reached the limits of what the CVAA is able to enforce through regulation. More than a decade since the passage of the CVAA, not all people in the United States are able to receive audio-described content from their local broadcast television stations. Despite every broadcast network being required to support accessible emergency alerts, which use the same technology as audio description, only 90 of the 210 broadcast designated market areas are required to pass through audio described content to consumers. The Federal Communications Commission has maximized the amount of audio described content it may require broadcasters and cable programmers to provide at 87.5 hours per quarter, or roughly one hour per day 
of audio described content. The CVAA was implemented prior to online programming video becoming a routine part of video entertainment and everyday life. As a result, the CVAA audio description and accessible video user interface requirements only apply to broadcast and cable programming. Video streaming applications are not required to be accessible to people who are blind, low vision, and deafblind. The CVAA implemented accessibility requirements for text and audio advanced communication services. However, video conferencing services, which are utilized for everything from school to work, telemedicine, and social and community gatherings, remain undefined and do not have corresponding accessibility requirements. On July 25, 2023, Senator Edward J. Markey, Democrat of Massachusetts, and Representative Anna G. Eshoo, Democrat of California, introduced the Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act, CVTA, S2494, and HR4858. The CVTA reaffirms our nation's commitment to accessibility communications and video technologies for people who are blind, low vision, and deafblind. Once passed, this legislation will improve and expand audio description standards for television programming and online video streaming platforms to ensure that people with disabilities have equitable access to the wide range of programming available to the general public. Update current requirements to ensure viewers can easily activate and select preferred settings for audio description on their video programming devices, such as televisions, smartphones, laptops, and tablets. Require the Federal Communications Commission to ensure that all video conferencing services, including those used for telehealth, distance learning, and social and civic engagement, are accessible to people with disabilities, including people who are blind, low vision, and deafblind, and empower the FCC to ensure accessibility regulations keep pace with emerging technologies, including artificial intelligence and augmented or virtual reality platforms. Call to Action ACB urges the House and Senate to support and pass the Communications Video and Technology Accessibility Act to ensure that video entertainment and communications are accessible to everyone. When meeting with your member of Congress, please share with them the difficulties that you have in locating and watching audio-described content on broadcast television 
cable and when streaming content is on. Please share with them what it would mean for you to have access to all video content with audio description and what it would mean for you to be able to access audio described content independently through accessible user interfaces for online video services. And finally, tell your members of Congress that the Federal Communications Commission must ensure accessible access to video conferencing services as they have for content and audio advanced communication services. Tell your members of Congress that you want them to support and co-sponsor the Communications, Video, and Technology Accessibility Act, CVTA, once introduced in the 118th Congress. Imperative 3. Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act. Legislative Imperative. Background. The majority of home use medical devices and outpatient equipment utilize digital display interfaces that are inaccessible to blind and visually impaired users. Devices such as glucose monitors, blood pressure readers, and at-home chemotherapy treatments do not have any non-visual accessibility features like text-to-speech output, tactile markers, or audible tones built in. As a result, blind and visually impaired individuals cannot use them safely, making it difficult for individuals to manage their health independently. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, adults with vision loss are at a higher risk of, for further health complications and comorbid conditions. Diabetes-related vision loss and old age are two of the leading causes of vision loss in the United States, both of which could lead to further health complications. It is therefore imperative that blind and low vision individuals have access to the equipment and devices necessary to manage their health and prevent further health complications, and that the equipment and devices are accessible with speech output and tactile markings. The COVID-19 pandemic has also underscored the need for accessible medical equipment and the need for blind and low vision individuals to be able to manage their health and wellness safely and independently, especially during a public health emergency. On March 1, 2023, Representative Jan Schakowsky, Democrat from Illinois, introduced the Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act, H.R. 1328, in the House of Representatives. The goal of this act is to make home-use medical equipment and devices accessible to blind and visually impaired individuals in the United States. If passed, 
This legislation would amend the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act to establish non-visual accessibility standards for Class 2 and 3 devices with digital interfaces. Class 2 and 3 devices include devices that are more invasive and involve a higher risk of injury or death. So it is much more important that these devices are used safely and as directed. The FDA would, in consultation with the U.S. Access Board, set regulations and a final rule according to these standards. The passage of this legislation would make it easier for people who are blind and low vision to manage their health safely and independently by ensuring the product manufacturers incorporate accessible design in the beginning stages of development for home use medical devices. This bill has 53 co-sponsors and is bipartisan with four Republicans and 49 Democrats. On January 18, 2024, a bipartisan Senate Companion Bill, S3621, was introduced by Senators Maggie Hassan, Democrat from New Hampshire, and Mike Braun, Republican from Indiana. Call to Action ACB calls on Congress to support and pass the Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act in the House of Representatives and Senate. When speaking with your member of Congress, be sure to describe the challenges you have faced while using inaccessible home-use medical devices, such as heart rate monitors, glucose monitors, pulse oximeters, blood pressure readers, insulin pumps, etc., and explain to them what having access to these devices would mean to you, especially when it comes to managing your health and well-being, both privately and independently. Imperative 4. The Medicare and Medicaid Dental, Vision, and Hearing Benefits Act. Background. In 2008, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, adopted regulations prohibiting Medicare and Medicaid coverage of eyeglasses and any device that uses lenses. The regulation, known as the eyeglass exclusion, also prohibited coverage of devices designed to aid individuals with low vision, including handheld magnifiers, video magnifiers, and other devices necessary to enable such individuals to access and interpret visual and written information. These devices are vital to enhance independence and improve quality of life for individuals with low vision. Devices designed to magnify and improve the readability of text enable low vision individuals to access information found on prescription medicine bottles, street and building signage, and other safety and security information.
Access to low vision devices is thus a crucial component of maintaining one's mental and physical health. Low vision devices can often be out of reach for many individuals with Medicare or Medicaid benefits due to cost. Such devices are vital to maintaining health and avoiding complications resulting from mismanaged health and sedentary lifestyles. These devices often mean the difference between remaining in one's own home or community and being placed or remaining in an institutionalized setting. If people with low vision are unable to access valuable information relating to medication or feel unsafe going out and participating in their communities due to not having the right tools, then their mental and physical health will suffer. It is time for CMS to rescind the detrimental low vision device exclusion and start providing coverage for low vision devices like magnifiers and other devices that enhance color contrast and lighting conditions. Such devices are necessary to improve the quality of life for low vision individuals and allow them to remain in their community. Call to action. On March 16, 2023, Senator Bob Casey, Democrat of Pennsylvania, introduced the Medicare and Medicaid Dental, Low Vision, and Hearing Benefits Act, S842, to enable CMS under the Medicare program to cover routine vision care, including low vision devices prescribed by a doctor, and which would permit a state to cover these devices under its Medicaid program. Representative Lloyd Doggett, D-O-G-G-E-T-T, Democrat of Texas, introduced a similar bill that does not include Medicaid coverage for low vision devices, H.R. 33, on January 9, 2023. ACB calls on Congress to pass the Medicare and Medicaid Dental, Vision, and Hearing Benefits Act. When meeting with your members of Congress, be sure to tell them what having access to visual and textual information with the proper tools and devices, especially if you have low vision or live with individuals who do, would mean for you, and explain what barriers exist that impede your ability to manage your health safely and independently. Page 3. This article was posted on Sunday, February 25 on David Goldfield's Tech List. It's entitled, ORCAM Introduces AI Assistant to Transform Reading for People with Visual Impairments. Assistive Technology Specialist, ORCAM Technologies, has introduced an interactive AI assistant to its ORCAM Read 3 device enabling it to function as a handheld reading companion, smart magnifier, and a stationary reader. ORCAM Read 3, which was launched last year, offers an all-in-one solution in assistive reading technology 
tailored specifically to support people with vision loss or reading fatigue and throughout vision changes. The AI Assistant includes the Just Ask feature on its popular OrCam Read 3 device, which enables the user to interact with the device and ask it follow-up questions related to the text being read and beyond. It can summarize any captured text, particularly useful when users need a quick understanding of longer articles or documents without reading every word, imitating the natural way people interact with text. It can also read the full text aloud, which is beneficial for users who need complete information from legal documents, comprehensive reports, or reading books for pleasure. The ORCAM Read 3 has been designed to revolutionize the way people with vision loss interact with visual content, including pictures and text. The Just Ask feature is distinguished in its ability to provide contextual information. Users can make queries related to the text, extending beyond the captured words. For instance, if a user is reading about a historical figure, they might request a biography. ORCAM Read 3 responds by leveraging Internet resources to furnish the user with the requested information, thus serving not just as a reader, but as an interactive tool that delivers an enriched knowledge experience. This capacity to interact with text and provide responses makes it more than just a magnifier or a simple document reader. It effectively turns into a powerful reference tool that can enhance the user's understanding and connection with the content they are engaging with. For those with visual impairments, it represents a significant enhancement in their ability to independently access a wider range of information and enjoy a deeper reading experience. In addition to its advanced AI capabilities, the ORCAM Read 3 also includes standard magnifier features, allowing users to zoom in on text and other visual elements to enhance readability and accessibility. This versatile combination of magnification and AI-powered text recognition and interpretation makes the ORCAM Read 3 a comprehensive user-friendly tool for individuals with visual impairments or reading fatigue. When used as a handheld reading companion, ORCAM Read 3 retains all the benefits of the original ORCAM Read. Redesigned with easy-to-navigate yellow buttons and new voice options. Instantly read printed or digital text from any surface at home or on the go. Professor Amnon Shashula, A-M-N-O-N, S-H-A-S-H-U-A, co-founder at ORCAM, says, quote, Advancements in AI are not merely a matter of technological evolution. 
They represent a significant shift in how we interact with our world. With the right application, AI can extend human capabilities, open new prospects for innovation, and create a landscape where technology and humanity progress in harmony. End of quote. Orcam Technologies has become known for its breakthrough innovations in assistive technology platforms, including the Orcam MyEye wearable device for people who are blind or visually impaired, and the Orcam Learn handheld device supporting people with dyslexia and learning difficulties. The company remains focused on continuous research and development to help users maximize their potential with personal AI assistance that provides new access to the world. The Orcam Read 3 is designed to support 140 different languages of printed text and nine different handwritten text. It is now available in the UK directly from Orcam and from Optilec Vision Aid and TouchPrint Vision, together with other independent resellers. Page four. So we thought that tonight might be a good time to talk about the many different ways that you can belong to ACB. And we don't have enough time to do that, to do all of that. So we're going to just kind of spotlight some affiliates. Now let's go to a couple of groups that are our chapters. I'm going to talk about uh, Library Users of America next, and we have a chapter um, in Kentucky that is a chapter of Lua Tri-State Library Users. So I'm going to ask Natalie to talk a little bit about Tri-State Library Users, and then I'll um, talk about a couple of initiatives that Lua is undertaking right now. So go ahead, Natalie. All right. Like Carla said, we are a chapter of Lua, and um, we hold our business meetings on the third Saturday of every month on this Zoom line. And um, we also have a book club that we discuss our books during um, the Page Turners activity, which is the fourth Friday of every month. Um, on this Zoom line during roundabout at the same, t you know, the same time. Like I said earlier, we are going to um, hopefully get our Reader's Touch productions back into, back active and do some, you know, have some people read poetry and some short productions. Um, and that is pretty much what we do. So um, we hope that you know, people will want to come join us. Um, it's a pretty fun group, and, you know, anybody's welcome. And if you have any questions, um, feel free to email me at ncouch at acb.org, and I will be happy to answer any questions that you may have, and I'm also happy to answer any questions tonight. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the Lua activity, activities. Um, Lua has been around for quite a long time in ACB. Um, I was elected to, as the new president of Lua 
in uh, July of this past year in Schaumburg. And um, uh, I will say it has um, it has proven to be um, sometimes a challenge. <laughs> um, but we are doing a lot of things, and it's exciting to see people um, coming up with a lot of different ideas or ways to modify existing activities to give them a fresh look. Um, we just today uh, had our uh, Lua Ledger that um, was, we were waiting to get. We had some issues on getting that out at the end of the year, and it did come out today. It was distributed online on our email list to our members this afternoon. So that's exciting, and we have our um, next activity, next issue of that will be coming out uh, probably in late April. It will contain the convention information. The um, the ledger is uh, a perk of membership and uh, is available two to three times a year for our members. Another thing that Lua does that is uh, open to anyone throughout the nation is Library Without Walls. Anyone can call into Library Without Walls, which is the... It's the third Wednesday of the odd-numbered months. That's right. Yes. Yes. And we alternate with the Braille Buzz. Yes. That's, yes. I was alternating in the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> so... The third Wednesday of the odd-numbered months, which means March coming up would be a um, library without walls. Anyone is invited to call and share up to a couple of books or just listen on a specific topic. That topic might be one month it was dogs and horses. Last month it was horror. Another month it might be sports. Um, all kinds of topics, and you can listen. Anyone can participate on those calls, but if you are a member, you will receive a list of all the books that were shared on that call uh, with their numbers, so you can pull them down from BARD if you would like. Uh, so that is another great and very popular um, perk of membership. Lua also on March 11 will be holding our first Lua Link program of the year. We started Lua Link in, I believe it was 2021. Judy Wilkinson, our past president, came up with the idea of Lua Link. And our first Lua Link speakers were, for example, Karen Kinninger, who at the time was the director of the NLS program. Karen retired, and we had a couple of other guests. And then in 2022, Jason Broughton became the director, and uh, Jason Broughton was on Did a Lua Link. Um, we were doing two a year, but soon after I became president, Someone in a meeting said, oh, well, why don't we do Lua Links quarterly? And I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be more work. But, you know, it's, it's exciting, and 
it, I think it's going to be a very popular program. It is being um, spearheaded by Jane Corona, who is the first vice president of Lua. And if you're saying, oh, I've heard that name before, she's also the treasurer of BRL that Denise was um, here to talk about. Um, Jane has a program planned for us on March 11 to do some how-tos and tips a little bit of kind of training on the humanware um, e-reader that is distributed by the NLS program. We are doing humanware uh, first, and then in June we will be doing the Zumax e-reader. So we'll cover both both pieces of equipment. The speaker in March, that program, is going to be presented by Anna Dressner. Some of you may be familiar with her name. She is the author of uh, a number of technology books, not long ones, little um, books of uh, how-tos or um, the commands that are needed to do different things. Her books are available through National Braille Press. So I think you will enjoy hearing from Anna. It will be uh, a very good program, and it is sure to give you um, a lot of basic information that you could find very helpful if you have an e-reader or helpful if you want to find out if you'd like to request an e-reader from your library. We are also in the process just this week of changing our email list they have been hosted uh, by ACB List, but we are going to be hosting them on um, directly on Groups.io. I don't have the new uh, addresses at this time because Jane is handling the email list, um, but that is going to be coming up. At the National Convention, Lua for many years has provided, uh, hosted a session on the narrator at the convention. Before COVID, when everybody was at convention together, you could go to the uh, Lua and BRL session, and sometimes the teacher session, They sometimes they would uh, partner with us, and uh, you could meet the narrator up close and personal, ask them questions. They always talked in the general session, but you could get more individualized questions asked in the afternoon Lua session. Uh, this year it's going to be that way too. It's going to be on Tuesday. Um, I guess they'll start at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Uh, Janet gave us the times last night, but they've t changed us a little bit. So you can watch for that. But on Tuesday afternoon at the um, convention in Jacksonville, um, we will have uh, Merle... Trevathan uh, as the um, speaker in that session. Following her speech, um, Jason Broughton, the director of the National Library Service Program, will present another session that afternoon. And again, um, those will not only be in person, but they will be on Zoom. And you will have the opportunity to ask them questions. Um, and use, those sessions usually turn out to be very good and uh, really conducive to having 
you having the participants ask questions and give some feedback. The dues for Tri-State Library users and Lua are $12 a year, and when you join um, Tri-State, you also are automatically a member of Lua. Lua does have a um, life membership, which is $150, and uh, of course, everybody is welcome to join either directly or um, uh, for one year or as a life member. Um, Kentucky's Lua chapter, Lua has three chapters. California is the largest. Um, Tri-State is second, and Texas is our uh, smallest chapter, but they are a very, um, they're a very stable chapter, too. They've been there longer than Tri-State has. So um, any questions about, about Lua? Um, yes, one question. So with the new email list, do we have to subscribe to those, or will we automatically be subscribed, or do you know You'll be automatically changed okay. over. All right. Jane, Jane Corona loves working on email lists. Okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to that conclusion. So she does. And uh, so she'll be handling that change. Uh, if there's anything that she needs from a specific address, she will get a hold of that person okay. um, completely. She'll be putting out an, inf an informational email here to both lists pretty soon. Um, also, I didn't mention, but um, the Lua board meetings are the first Monday of each month. Um, and for those of you that have been members in the past, you'll say, no, 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 it was every other month. Um, we have changed to the first Monday of each month because we are so busy we can't get all the work done in uh, a meeting every other month. There's so much to do. Uh, and members, any member is welcome to come to that meeting. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's not just open to board members. Any any tri-state member or other Lua member is welcome to come. Any questions? All right. Um, if if you would like to uh, join. Uh, any of our chapters uh, that we're talking about, um, you can call me and I can run your uh, take your card over the phone. We'll be sending out a membership form. And um, we are also expecting to have our online membership capability ready to go here in a week or two. Um, okay, we have enough time for... Uh, probably another one or two, and I wanted to get all of these in, so let's see if we can. There are a couple of other groups that uh, I want to quickly mention. We are almost out of time, uh, but I want to mention, of course, ACB Families. Um, I'm the president of ACB Families. ACB Families does not have a um, chapter in Kentucky. Actually, families didn't have a provision for chapters, uh, but they just recently passed a new constitution in December, and it does allow for chapters. So 
never know what will happen in the next little bit of time. Um, but the family's dues are $8 a year, and um, they meet the first Sunday of the month is, uh, at this time, is a business meeting. It may be an open membership meeting, a board meeting, uh, or just um, there's uh, one of the Sundays, um, one month each quarter is pretty much available. If a business meeting isn't needed, then there will be a program. And then the third Sunday of the month is a program. Sometimes it may be something like um, uh, shopping for uh, gifts at Christmas time. Um, it might be uh, a program like we had in January. We had a program on using audio description on your TV at home and also how to uh, be able to use audio description at the movies, you know, what to ask for when you go there, uh, what to do if you have a problem, those kinds of things. Um, and if you want to check out that program, it is on SoundPrints this week. So um, you, get, you can listen to that before it rotates off for next week. So, uh, and, at the, and at the um, convention, uh, once again this year, we're going to be doing our ACB Families Goes to Camp, which is a virtual uh, program that we've done since 2020. It's kind of fun. Um, we have, there's, of course, at a campfire, you have to have stories, and uh, sometimes we'll have uh, recipes, and um, we, uh, we actually, one year we had a, a skit, um, just different things that are just fun and um, just light, lightweight. It's nothing heavy. It's 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 the uh, first Saturday of the convention during the virtual time. That will be this year, June 29, and it will be at the five o'clock time. So, kind of plan the. Watch for that and participate. We also have our bingo in person in Jacksonville. Um, that is not a Zoom activity. Um, yes, I know we could play bingo on Zoom, but that would be really hard with the numbers we get at bingo. Last year, we had 112 people at our bingo in person. So, so it would be... That that could be pandemonium if we added Zoom into that. We have a breakfast this year. It's going to be on Sunday. That's the time it's on Monday. But this year it will be on Sunday morning in Jacksonville, and it will be uh, on Zoom. It will probably begin around 830 because it's um, a Sunday morning activity and there's uh, not a general session that day. We're able to start a little later, so we're not going to tell people they have to come to breakfast at 7 o'clock and virtual, joining us at 7.30. We're going to make it a little later. Um, and we have a speaker at that breakfast. Uh, last year it was uh, Jeff and Leslie, Tom and Andy, their daughter, and they were talking about uh, how, uh, telling us about the 19 um, foreign exchange students that they have hosted over the years. Um as a blind family, and these were not blind foreign exchange students. They were um, sighted kids that were coming from 
all over the world to to stay in their home for a year. So that that was pretty good. Not sure what that program is going to be this year, but um, it's usually something really fun and interesting and timely. I got to tell you, in Rochester, I think it was, um, we had a program. Might have been St. Louis. We had a program on the Echo. And a lot of people were just getting echoes, hadn't had them a really long time at whatever convention that was. And we we had a lot of people buy tickets. Our breakfast usually has about 50 people there. Well, that, that year we had sold 72 tickets to that breakfast. And um, so, so we're all in there and everybody's really, it's really the room is crowded and all this stuff. And in walks Peter Korn from uh, Amazon. So he's at our breakfast just as an attendee. We had no idea that he was coming, and uh, we knew he was at the convention for other groups, but he just shows up. And so so after we did our little spiel and I discovered that Peter Korn was there, and, of course, he was far more knowledgeable than I was, I decided it would be a good idea just to turn it over to him. So you never know what's going to happen at a family's breakfast. Watch for ACB families' activities at the convention. They are fun, whether you are there in person or on Zoom. So that is families. And then the final one that I want to tell you about is ACB Lions. We have quite a few blind lions in Kentucky, and a number of us are members of ACB Lions. ACB Lions meets the first Thursday of the month on Zoom at 8.30 p.m. our time. Uh, dues in ACB Lions are $15 for the year. That is not a formal Lions Club. It is. It exists to encourage blind people to become Lions in their local areas, to support them, um, to give them ideas of what other blind people are doing around the country, and to also offer a program at convention called Lessons in Leadership. Lessons in Leadership in 2022 had a speaker, who, a Dr. Patty Hill. She's from Alberta, Canada, and she at the time was the second vice president of Lions Clubs International. She is now the president of Lions Club International um, because you move up uh, once you're the, you know, elected to uh, those Vice presidents, you you know you're going to rotate on up the the line there, and so um, you know we had her that year. We've also had an, a um, international director who happened to have been from Paducah um, one year. Uh, we so we we have a couple of people in our club who um, were uh, blind district governors, so we encourage people to participate in um, not only just as a member, but to also participate as leaders in the club. So, again, that meeting is the first Thursday of the month on Zoom at 8.30. And Ray Campbell is, at this time, the president of ACB Alliance. Well, we're about out of time. Thanks, everybody, for coming and sharing tonight about the group's If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 
or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.